everyone. Thank you for joining us online here at Destiny. If you haven't had a chance to visit our campus, we would love for you to come out to either our 9.30 or 11.30 service on Sunday. But if you can't, you can always watch us online here at destinyokc.com. And while you're there, you can look up any past messages, see any of our upcoming events, and read pastor's blogs. Also, be sure to follow us on social media right here. And now, here's this week's message. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of our moms. Thank you. Well, if you're joining us here in person, happy Mother's Day. We're so glad you're here. Maybe you're joining us online, and thank you for sharing this special day with us. If you're joining us online, also, we are just happy that we get to share this special day with all of our moms. So today, we are going to talk about our words. Words really matter. Did you know that the average person can speak 100 words per minute? And an average man speaks about 7,000 words every day. And an average woman speaks about 20,000 words every day. Now, Lawrence says that's just because women talk a lot more than men. But I say that it's because women have to repeat themselves so often. To which he replied, what did you say? So our words are so powerful. Remember that rhyme when you were a kid? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, words, they'll never hurt me. The truth is that hurtful words hurt. And when somebody says something negative about us, we start believing it. They may say, oh, I'm just joking. But we sit and think about it. We rehearse it. We go to bed thinking about it. And then we start believing it because hurtful words do hurt. But positive words, on the other hand, positive words can bring encouragement and bring life. Proverbs 18.21 puts it this way, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words can either speak life or they can speak death. Your words can build up or they can tear down. Your words can make somebody or break somebody. Your words are so powerful. So today we're going to talk about all kinds of words. The words you say, the power of speaking God's word, and the power you have to actually speak words of blessing over other people who are in your life. Now, the truth is that we all have problems with words and the things that we say. That's probably why the Bible has so much to say about words and the tongue. If you count the words, tongue, lips, mouth, and words, they appear over 170 times in the Bible. Now, before you, you leave here today, you're probably going to think that I have spouted out all 170 verses of Scripture because we are going to look at a lot more verses than we normally would on a Sunday morning. But if you are a copious note taker, and I am going way too fast for you, never fear. You can visit the blog on the Destiny app or the Destiny website, and all the verses that I'm sharing today will be on there for you. I didn't even burden Kim with putting them all on the computer, but you can always go to the blog and find them there. Well, our tongues are trouble. And in James 3, Paul gives us this long lesson about how dangerous our tongues are, how damaging our words can be, 
And he says that our words are like a little spark that can set a whole forest on fire. Has that ever been anybody's life experience before? Something little slipped out and poof. Well, James 3, 8, he tells us, no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. Our tongues are so small, but they can get us into a lot of trouble. Anybody remember the Disney movie Bambi and what Thumper's mom told him? Come on, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. That was a saying around my house when we were growing up. Well, we have to take responsibility for those words that we say. In Matthew 12, 36, Jesus says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word that they speak. Some translations say idle words, but you're going to be accountable for every careless word? Colossians 3.8 gives us a list of things that we are not to say, but now you must put them away. Anger, uh-oh, we're not supposed to say angry words. Wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk. They are not to come out of your mouth. Ephesians 5.4 says, Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk, nor crude joking. So why? Why does the Bible give us all these guidelines for words? No careless words, no filthy words, no dirty jokes, no sexualized humor, no cussing. Is it just a rule to make your life difficult? Besides, everybody's doing it, right? So why do you think, why do you think the, gui- the Bible gives us all these guidelines for our rules? Think about it just for a minute. Why do you think? You are the temple of the Lord. We are living in the New Testament. We are no longer in the Old Testament where you had to go to the temple to be in the presence of God. And really, there was just one priest who could actually enter into that inner court, into the presence of God. It's not like that anymore. Because of what Jesus did for you, you can now walk in the presence of God. You are actually the temple of the Lord. You are a carrier of the presence. It's Psalms 24 that we keep coming back to this year for our theme, Open the Gates. You're a carrier of the presence of God into your world. Now, right before Psalms 24 says, lift up your head, O you gates, that the King of glory may enter. If you back up just a couple of verses to Psalms 24, 3, it says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear deceitfully. Why do we want to be careful what we say? Because we are the carriers of the presence of God into our world. It is that supernatural reset that we've all been talking about and we've all been sensing. It's like that song, I'm coming back to the heart of worship where all is stripped away and I simply come. What we're talking about here today It is simple. This is not some profound, mind-blowing, philosophical thing that we're talking about here. This is just us preparing our hearts and our lives for the outpouring of God's presence that he's wanting to pour out in the earth. This is us cooperating with that spiritual reset that is going on in our world. Our world needs God People in your life need you to be that carrier of God's presence 
into their lives and into their difficult situations. Our responsibility is huge, and we definitely don't want our words getting in the way of anything that would hinder the presence of God in our lives. So back to James 3, where he tells us no human being can tame the tongue. So we're just fighting a losing battle, right? We can't tame our tongues. Well, no, it's never a losing battle. There's always hope. The reason why you can't tame your tongue is because what comes out of your mouth flows from your heart. You have to have a change of heart in order to have a change in your words. You have to first change your heart. Matthew 15, 18 says, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. This is not a message to get you to use more self-control to control the words that are coming out of your mouth. We already know no human being can control the tongue. The fact is, the closer your heart is to the heart of God, what comes out of your mouth will be good. Luke 6:45 tells us the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so what is going on in your heart that's what's going to come out of your mouth God doesn't want you to cont- attempt to control your tongue just because there are rules religion is what gives you rules to follow. It is relationship, relationship with God that says, I want all of your heart. And then as your heart is transformed, the words that you speak will be transformed. (laughs) Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you have to realize that your thoughts and your words What you say, it's all connected. What you think you say, what you say you think. And you can actually change your words by changing your brain and the way that it thinks. So when you wake up in the morning, it's really good just to focus your brain, train your brain to focus on the Word of God. And my favorite morning verse to say is Psalms 19:14. Today, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable to you, my Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Well, it really is easy to say the right things and think the right things when things are going right. It's a lot more difficult when things are going wrong to think the right things and say the right things. It's like when difficult people are in your life. Maybe you have a coworker who is just obnoxiously frustrating and you deal with that person frequently. And so when they are just obnoxiously frustrating, instead of cussing and having a bad attitude, you instead are just steady. Your words are steady, and you are instead encouraging, and you don't respond back at their level. You are the bigger person. You are the bigger person with the bigger God in your heart. People take notice. 
people notice that something is different. And when you don't go in the break room and you tell other people about how terrible this person is, people notice. People notice that there is something different in your life. This is your ministry on this earth to open the gates and let the presence of God flow through you to the people around you. And parents, there is no greater testimony to your kids than for you to come home and say, I really need prayer for this difficult person in my life. But, you know, I just can't be frustrated with them because I know they just need God. Because your kids, they need to know how to deal with difficult people in their lives too. And you are leading by example. You have to think your, your words really do matter. Now, in 2020, my New Year's revelation for the year was declare. And God really taught me a lot about declaring his word over situations in my life. Hebrews 4... 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, in Ephesians, when Paul tells us to put on the armor of God, all of the pieces of the armor are defensive pieces, like a helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness. That's all defensive weapons. But then he says, to take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And that is your offensive weapon. The, sword, the Word is your offensive weapon that we are commanded to use. Now, when somebody becomes a police officer or a law enforcement, they train you how to use a weapon, right? So today we need some training on how to use our weapon, the Word of God, our swords. Now, when I was growing up, I learned how to use a weapon. Um, we lived out in the country, and we lived so far out in the country that we didn't get cable. So we got like three TV stations. So our entertainment was target shooting. And my uncles were police, and so it's just what we did for entertainment was shoot targets. And so my dad would put a target out, and then everybody would get to shoot. And in between, he would circle your shots and put your initials by it. So it was a competition to see who could get to, the, to be the closest to the bullseye. We would take empty pop bottles, and we'd shoot them and watch them bounce in the air. We would take milk jugs and fill them full of water, and we would shoot holes in them. And this was just part of life and entertainment for me, using a weapon. Now, at first, how did I learn to use a gun? Well, somebody taught me. And then I practiced, and then I practiced some more, and then I practiced some more. At first, it was awkward. At first, it was scary. You know, like, okay, here's this, do this, take the safety off, um, lean down, lean, you know, line up this over this line, pull the trigger gently, don't be scared. You know, it, and it was just so awkward at first, but then it just became second nature, and I got really good at it because I practiced at it. It's the same with using the Word of God as your sword. You have to practice at it. At first, it may seem really awkward. 
you want me to quote Bible verses when my kids are sick? Yes, that is exactly what I want you to do. You want me to write out Bible verses and put them on my refrigerator and memorize them? Yes, that's exactly what I want you to do. You want me, when I'm just like having an anxiety attack, to pull out my phone and quote a Bible verse five times until I can calm myself down? Yes, that's exactly what you need to do. That is using the Word of God as your sword, as the weapon that God really intended it to be. Now, in Matthew 4, we find where Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, and he had been fasting, so he was obviously very hungry. And it says that the devil came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, because, you know, the enemy's always questioning what God said. So if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is written. Three times the enemy came to him, and all three times Jesus' response was the same, to quote the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. So when you have something difficult in your life, what should you do? Quote the word. It is written. In, in John 6, 63, Jesus says, The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. We're not talking about just words on the page of a book. We're talking about the very words of God that are spirit and life going into situations when you're speaking them. Now, when I was 26 weeks pregnant, I went into preterm labor with Lexi, ended up in the hospital, and I was there for several weeks, and then several more weeks at home before she was born at 33 weeks. But when I went into preterm labor, the doctors were very scared that, um, if, that we might lose her, or even if she was born, that she wouldn't live because she was so small and so fragile. So Lawrence and I just started believing for our baby to have life. And so he left the hospital, he goes home, he prints out all these verses about life, and he puts at the top of them real big, zoe, which is the Greek word for life in the Bible. And so we have all these verses all over my hospital room, and all the nurses thought, oh, that's so sweet, her name is going to be Zoe. No, her name is not going to be Zoe. We were just declaring life to our baby. So it was... Obviously, Lexi was born, she was a preemie, it was a struggle at first, but she obviously is alive and well today. It was, we considered it a miracle because it was such a difficult situation. So whatever you are facing, you can quote the word of God. If you're stressed, you quote the word. I have peace I have the peace of God which passes all understanding. If you're in fear, Isaiah 41:10, do not fear for I am with you. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If you're being tempted, no temptation has overtaken me except that which is common to man. God is faithful and he will not let me be tempted beyond what I can stand and he always makes a way of escape. If you're sick, Isaiah 53, 6, by his stripes I am healed, Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. If you're praying for somebody else, you can insert their names into the verses like this. 
if you're, maybe you're saying, by his stripes, Lexi is healed. Heal Lexi, O Lord, and she will be healed. Going on a trip, the Lord will command his angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. Maybe you're studying for a test. This is Lawrence's favorite. Proverbs 10, 7, the memory of the righteous is blessed. Needing finances, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Can't sleep? Proverbs 3, 24, when you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Feeling tired? Let the weak say, I am strong. Whatever you're facing, the word of God has an answer for it. And if you don't know verses that you can quote over a situation in your life, get with your community group leader. They would love to help you find verses. Or you can just enter into Google, verses on fear, verses on anxiety. You will find plenty of things for your mind to focus on in the Word. Now, we also have some new uh, Bible verse cards for you guys. And we have these a little more feminine feminine touch right here before Mother's Day, but this one is on anxiety. They're all around out in the foyer and the bathrooms for you to be able to take. Take these. Memorize these. There will be a new version out that's a little more masculine right before Father's Day, but these are really great for you to memorize. And this one's on anxiety. So maybe we have plenty of them. So grab a handful, take them with you. Maybe you want to give this to your mom today. Maybe you want to give it to somebody at work who's just experiencing anxiety, but set it places that you can memorize it. We're trying to equip you with things that you can use to have life and have life abundantly. So are you applying all these things that pastor is saying every week? Are you reading your Bible and doing turn the page? Are you praying with your family, praying with your kids, talking about God's word over your mealtimes? Well, today we're talking about this an, another tool that you can use to have an abundant life. But it really doesn't matter if you hear these things. It only matters if you do these things. You have to put in the effort. You have to have the self-discipline to do these things. Now, do you ever want to be physically fit and you get out an exercise video and you sit on the couch and you watch those people up there exercising and man, they're sweating and they're working so hard. And oh my goodness, you just spend so much effort watching this exercise video. And then you pull up your shirt and you look at your abs and oh, what great abs I have. It doesn't work that way, does it? You have to participate. You have to put in the effort. And you want to be spiritually fit. You are spiritual wellness series. You want to be spiritually well. You want to have spiritual abs. You can't just sit here and watch pastor up here speaking on Sunday morning. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to do the stuff that makes your life better, the things that the Word wants you to do. Well, um, we also need to put in the effort to really immerse our lives in the Word. And Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. 
Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, or maybe when you drive along the road, today's language. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands, bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Write them on your houses. Well, thank goodness for Hobby Lobby and all the cute Bible verse signs that we can put up around our house to remind us of the Word of God. But you really don't need Hobby Lobby. You can just grab yourself a pad of sticky notes and you can write all sorts of verses and you can put them up in your house. You can put them on your bathroom mirror in those two minutes that you're brushing your teeth twice a day. You can focus on that so that you can memorize it. I even have... Bible verses at my office taped to my mirror, and I will stand there, and I will declare that I have the favor of God. I have divine favor, and I will be delivered from my enemies, also known as the defendants in the cases that I deal with, and the righteous are blessed, and you can put it on your phone, and you can pull, you know, the 101 times that you look at your phone every day to check social media, it can be your screensaver. And you're like, oh yeah, I need to be focusing on this verse that is on the screensaver on my phone. So back to Deuteronomy, which says, talk about God's word when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. I'd say that's pretty much all day long that we're supposed to be talking about God's word speaking God's word or speaking to other people about God's word. It says, impress the word on your children. So how often are you talking at the dinner table with your kids about what God has impressed on your heart as you're doing your turn the page and you're reading God's word? Now, let's talk for just a minute about all the songs that we sing. Have you under, ever wondered why we sing so many songs? Wow, you guys sing a lot of songs. You start service with a bunch of songs. You end service with a bunch of songs. Why are we singing so many songs? We are just trying to get you to declare God's word over your life through the songs. So this morning, the words that we sang like we did, you turn my morning to dancing, you give beauty for ashes. We're just declaring Isaiah 61. When we sang, you turn bones into armies, we're declaring Ezekiel 37. When we sing about God's blessings, we are singing straight out of Numbers 6. I want you to know that our worship team isn't just a band and some singers up here for you to come and enjoy, although they are a great band and great singers, right? But they actually pray for all of you guys. They pray about what we're singing. I went back to the green room the other day to get something, and I opened the door, and on the door, they, all the members of the worship team have put all these verses on sticky notes that they are believing and declaring for you guys, for you guys in your lives. We don't just pick songs that 
we think, oh, this will be a fun, enjoyable song. We pick songs that we believe are going to change the spiritual atmosphere of your lives while you are here. And you can use songs in the same way to change the spiritual atmosphere of your home, of your life. You can listen to worship music at home. You can listen to worship music in the car. You can listen to worship music while you work out. It's a great way to incorporate God's Word into your life. Now, we've talked about words we say. We've talked about um, declaring God's Word and the power of that. And before we go, though, I want to spend the last few minutes talking about words that we can use to bless other people. Now, I want to circle back to John 6, 63, where Jesus says, the words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and life. Remember Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words have power. You can give somebody life. Your words can bring life, hope, faith, encouragement to your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your neighbors, even your enemies. Luke 6, 27 through 28 says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. 1 Peter 3, 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult for insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called. To this you were called. You were called to speak a blessing. So why do we always only say that we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus? Why don't we also say that we are to be the mouthpiece of Jesus to bless our world? In Genesis 12, God told Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. So God has blessed you and he wants you to bless other people with your words. So what do we say when somebody sneezes? Well, if you're in Mexico, you might say salute, which means health. But here we say bless you. Now, Americans have made it politically correct, and we have dropped the God off of the God bless you. Now, this phrase originated during the bubonic plague in Europe, and the Pope decided that it would be good when somebody sneezes for everyone around them to say, God bless you. And it was in hopes that the person that God would bless them and spare them from an otherwise certain death from the plague. And it wasn't just a blessing for the person who sneezed. It was also a blessing for all those people around them to help protect them also from the plague. So I'm not the Pope, but from today on, I'm starting a campaign. Let's drop the political correctness. And when people around us sneeze, let's declare God to our world and say, God bless you. So we are so blessed and we are called to be a blessing to other people. We just have to open up our mouths and speak blessings. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word can cheer it up. Mother Teresa said, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. We are blessed to be a blessing. 
there is something transacting in the spiritual atmosphere when you bless somebody. Remember, it's back to that Psalms 24-7. We are the gates. It's our 2021 theme this year. You are the gateway, how God enters our world. And I like how the Passion Translation says it. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you doorways of eternity. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. He's about to come through you. The King is about to come through you. As you open your hearts and your lives, God comes through you to bless the world around you. And as you bless other people, it's not just words going out of your mouth. There is this spiritual transaction taking place. They're not just words. They are words coming from heaven through you. Jesus said his words are spirit and life. Those, those words of spirit and life, they are going to change the lives of the people around you. So if the worship team would come back up, the greatest verses of blessing that I know of are found in Numbers 6, 24 through 26. And before I read these to you, I just like to ask that you put your pens down, put your phone down, and just listen and receive this blessing over your life through these words of Scripture. Numbers 6, 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Well, if you had grown up in a traditional Jewish home, you would have heard these words every Friday night at Shabbat. Now, Shabbat's like the Jewish Sabbath. It starts on Friday night when the sun goes down. And there are several customs for Shabbat, including reciting many blessings over each other and the food. But this particular blessing is a blessing over the children that the parents would declare over them. Now, it's a little bit different for the boys than the girls. The first line for the boys would say, the parents would declare over them, may you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. For a girl, the First line would be, may you be like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. And then the rest of the blessing for the, both the boys and the girls would be the same. May God bless you and protect you. May God show you favor and be gracious to you. May God show you kindness and grant you peace. It's just the parents declaring these words of blessing over their kids from number six. So I want to encourage you as families, whatever family looks like for you in this season of your life, if you're single, it may be a group of friends that you get together, maybe some roommates, but whatever family looks like for you, I just want to encourage you to be blessing each other. Write notes of encouragement to each other. Send text messages specifically about whatever is happening in that person's days. So Faith may have a test, and I may send her a message that says, I am praying for your test today. The memory of the righteous is blessed. Whatever is going on in the lives of the people around you, speak blessings to the, those people and to the people in your family. Now, our presence to real life action point for today, our GP2RL, is for you to take these cards that are available in the lobby and out um, for today, and they have numbers six on them, 
and they just say that blessing, the Lord keep you, Lord bless you. And the assignment is to take these and just pray over them, pray over somebody in your life, speak a blessing over them, write a note of encouragement. If you're joining us online, I know you don't have a card, but you can just write a note to anybody. You can just send a text message to speak a blessing over somebody. We have plenty of these cards, so maybe you want to use it to bless your mom today. Maybe there's a woman in your life who is not your mom, but she's been a spiritual mom to you, and you just want to write her a note to thank her and speak a special blessing over her. You can grab a few of these and use them today to bless some other people. So we're going to sing the blessing song one more time right before we end. And again, that song is straight out of number six. And as we do sing, I just want you, well, let's just all stand so we can prepare our hearts. As we get ready to sing this song, I want you to do two things. One, I just want you to have a transaction relationship with your God and just ask God, how is it that I can use my words to be a blessing? How can I transfer the presence of God from heaven through me, the gate, to the world around me using my words? And then the second thing I want you to do is think about some people in your life who maybe are walking through a difficult season. And as we're singing this, I want you to sing that over those people and maybe even as we're seeing instead of the Lord bless you the Lord keep you maybe you're changing the word to say the Lord bless Lexi the Lord keep Lexi however you want to do it but declare these blessings over some people that you are in your life and then this week will you write them a note send them a text message let them know that you prayed for them and spoke blessings over them because your words really do matter.